Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby Right Back At Ya. A main through line to the podcast will be the Kirby Right Back At Ya anime, as it was 100 episodes, but in time we'll be going over every single Kirby game, and other things like eventually the Kirby Cafe, Train Poo Poo Poo, the summer line of Kirby, there's so much Kirby happening all the time, oh my god. New toys, new plushes, things like that. Whenever they come up, we'll talk about them for sure. And there's just a lot of things to talk about over the years. And Kirby just keeps getting more popular, so just more content just keeps getting made about Kirby, so it's great. Also, you can follow us on at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, where we will have occasional tweets about the podcast and update whenever new episodes come out. It'll mainly follow Kirby fan art accounts and also official Kirby accounts as well, where we'll retweet the fan art and official tweets so you know what's going on with Kirby right now and just seeing cool art. You can currently find the podcast on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The main difference between YouTube and the other platforms is that we use visuals to enhance the podcast, but they shouldn't be required since this is a podcast. The idea behind this podcast is to tell you about everything that exists that is Kirby, and to give you did-you-know kind of information in things like the games and the anime. Now, three things to mention right now. One, I'm going to start working on the next Kirby game. That's Kirby's Dreamcast. That's right, it's going to be a while to the next Kirby mainline game. They did a couple spin-offs first. And this one is Mini Golf with Kirby Powers, and it's a really, really good game. Oh, wow, it is a good game. I can't wait to play it and talk about it. Number two, I made a Kirby and My Hero Academia mashup video called You Say Poyo. I'm pretty proud of it. The link to the video is in the description of this podcast for YouTube, so check that out. I think it's pretty good. And number three, with this episode, it will have been officially one year since we started this podcast. So yay at us for keeping up. Now, some big news coming out of Japan right now is the newest Nendoroid Kirby. This time, it's the Yellow Beam Kirby. It'll be 4,444 yen in Japan, which is $42 US. Crunchyroll is selling them for $50 with shipping and taxing. It adds up to about $60. You can guess why I know that. It releases in October in the US through Crunchyroll. Sooner, of course, if you just import from Japan. More news is that Train Kirby has returned. He'll have stands in places like Nagoya. And just wow, they have really upped what they're selling at these stands. They also have a, a Twitter called at Kirby Train, so you can just follow them yourself if you want. It's pretty cool. And that's not all. There's one more. There's one more thing. That is Steampunk Kirby. On the 9th of August, they revealed more about it. So it's called Dreamy Gear Kirby. And these figures are just too cute. Meta Knight looks really dapper. It looks like it'll be a gotcha box set, though. So that's uh, good luck at trying to get them all. Though people will probably sell the sets, but it'll probably be expensive. They're going to be 800 yen each for these boxes. One more thing about Dreamy Gear Kirby. Uh, Sene Boki is also making plushes of Kirby, Waddle Dee, and Meta Knight from Dreamy Gear. So you can pre-order them from Amazon Japan. I don't know how you can do that if you're in another country, but if anyone figures it out, let me know, because I'd like to order that stuff too. So let's talk about today's episode. Episode 22, Island of the Lost Warrior. Or the mouthful that is the Japanese title, Decisive Battle on the Lone Island. An old soldier never dies. So the episode starts with the kids enjoying their time in the ocean. Kirby is sitting in a smaller floaty donut kind of thing, while Tiff Tuff and the Lowe's are on a raft. Tuff catches a fish, and we see he's caught quite a few. Tiff starts cloud gazing, but then a storm comes. A big storm. Lots of dark clouds, lightning, and a tornado shows up. Tiff and Tuff paddle as hard as they can, but eventually everyone gets swallowed up in the tornado, and this really doesn't look good. They get sucked into it. That's not a good situation. Then the opener happens, which is awesome as always. And after the opener, we see Kirby's floaty is destroyed on the rocks. And the raft is nowhere to be seen. Everyone wakes in the sand, with Kirby being headfirst in the sand. 
fa-la-la and fa la pull him out, and he spits out a bunch of sand. So, uh, they took too long. I don't know what happens there. Does Kirby just absorb all of it, or does he suffocate? Let's hope for the first one. <laughs> but oh dear, there. So now they see they're stranded on an island. If only three of them had the ability to fly. Oh good, they start flying. Okay, so you think, okay, they can fly, so they're good. But then we see Fala and Fulalo fly up into the air to scout around, and they can't see the mainland anywhere. All they see is ocean in every direction, and that's not good. So they come back down, and, well, there's nowhere to fly to because they don't know which way to go. Tiff and Tuff wonder where the storm came from, and since they're so far away, Tiff reasons they will need their boat to get home. Unfortunately, they find it, and it's dashed against the rocks. Tuff asks Tiff what they're going to do, and Tiff tries to think of something, but then her stomach starts growling. So they go to look for food. While searching, they find a cave with spike wood fencing and rocks. So someone's got to live in this cave for sure. Or something. When they get inside the cave, Tuff sees a fire that just got put out. So that means there's someone nearby. So the kids go outside and call for whoever lives there. Tuff thinks, hey, maybe they went on vacation. But then they hear a rustling in the bushes and arrows fire out at them. A bunch of arrows just come out of the bush and they get attacked. In the shadows, we see a mysterious figure chasing them as it's shooting more arrows at them. And the kids keep running, and eventually they trip a, a trap that has a swinging wood spike post come down at them. Luckily, the kids have ridiculous reflexes, and they slide under the trap. This would have murdered them horribly. Arrows are still flying at them, and they trip another trap. And this time, Kirby trips over everyone else and falls into a spike trap. But luckily, follow on Falalo catch Kirby just before he's horribly impaled. Like, an inch away. This reminds me, of course, of the first episode where Tiff did the same thing, where she fell down a pit and almost died horribly, but Kirby caught her just in time. So it's interesting to see something like that again. After they get out of that hole, big spike logs start flying out and landing at them and fortunately miss them as well. Tuff gets mad and throws a rock and he actually hits the target. So good aim there, boy. The figure falls from the tree and Tuff exclaims that it's a furry meatball. He shouts at them and says he's a star warrior named Kit Cosmos. And he won't surrender to anyone, even monsters. Tuff says Star Warrior, and he says he's a sergeant in the Star Warrior Force. Tiff then tells him that the war is over, and they lost. But he won't believe her. He can't believe they lost, and calls them monsters again. Funnily enough, right here, Falala and Falalo tell him that he needs glasses if he thinks he sees monsters, but um... Those two are actually monsters created by enemy, as Fofa. Refer to episode uh, 9, the Fofa factor for the whole story, if you didn't remember that, or if you haven't seen that one. Yeah, follow on follow they're monsters, and their backstory is quite interesting. It's a fun episode as well. So he says, sure, maybe you guys aren't monsters, but he's totally a monster, and he points at Kirby. Kirby is, of course, confused, as he always is, and then he jumps over and grabs Kirby and runs away. The kids give chase, but Kit's too fast. Kirby, by the way, just, he's just like, huh? And he just lets it happen. He's just a confused little boy. That's, that's Kirby for you. So let me tell you about Kit Cosmos. He's an anime-only character. He's a big furry meatball with big eyes and a mouth. He has big old man mustache and a big old man eyebrows going on. He has human-like arms and legs, though. And he has a green army hat with a star on it. And he's voiced by Mike Pollock in the US version and Hiroshi Naka in the Japanese version. Interesting thing about uh, Mike Pollock is he started uh, by being invited by Eric Stewart to be a guest voice on Pokemon. Eric Stewart is the voice of Meta and the Knights and... I don't think I mentioned this before, but wow, Eric Stewart did a lot of things. He was the voice director of Pokemon for the first six seasons, and he was the voice of Brock and James. He's also the voice of Seto Kaiba. So, a lot of things with Eric Stewart. 
So with Eric Stewart, he got the start for Mike Pollock, and he liked Mike Pollock uh, doing all these other things, and he invited him to do Kit Cosmos and Kirby, and then eventually he ends up becoming Dr. Eggman in Sonic X, and the rest is history. He is the voice of Dr. Eggman in everything since 2003. That's right. If you've heard Dr. Eggman in anything, it's been the same guy the entire time. And that is Mike Pollock. So if you're a Sonic fan, bam, there's his origin story right there. Oh, he's also the voice of the mayor and Samo the bartender in Kirby. Now, the Japanese voice actor has been active since 1980. I don't recognize many of his roles. He's been in a lot of things. He's been in things like Gundam and such. He's also Shibukawa if you're a fan of Grappler Baki. But the one that I know is he's Monkey D. Garp in One Piece. He's done just a ton of things. Now, here's an interesting thing, though. Besides anime, he's also done movies. Dubovers, though. So he's dubbed over a bunch of American movies in Japanese. He's the voice of M in the, in the James Bond movies. And apparently he's the voice of Robert Picardo in everything he's done that went to Japan. Robert Picardo is the doctor from Star Trek Voyager. And everything he's done, TV shows or whatever, has been voiced by this guy. It's an interesting thing that you actually learn about other countries is when they dub over certain uh, American actors, they're the same guy for everything they've done. Like, it's the same thing for, like, uh, Chris Hemsworth in the Marvel movies as Thor. It's one guy who does all of his stuff in that, but he also did him in Men in Black and all the other things as well. It's interesting how that is in other countries. So the more famous an actor is, the more voice work there is for a certain person in another country. Isn't that interesting? So back to the show. As the sun sets, the kids run around searching for Kirby. Kit is watching, and he comments that these monsters weren't trained in guerrilla tactics. We then see Kit has tied Kirby to a post, and he plans on executing the poor little boy. He had Kirby muzzled with a handkerchief, and he takes up the handkerchief, and we see that Kirby is sleeping. And by code of honor, it would be wrong to kill a sleeping enemy. So he slaps Kirby awake. Now in the US version, we basically see a bunch of POW stars on the screen, while in the Japanese version, we see what actually happens. Kit slaps him. He physically slaps Kirby like six times. This is an odd censorship, but I guess 4Kids didn't want to show Kirby getting slapped, especially with a human hand. But they're okay with all the horrible, deadly things happening to Kirby when he gets hit with those things. Weird call. But maybe there's a regulation here where in the US you can't show a kid getting slapped or something like that. That might be it. I don't know. But besides that censorship, there really isn't much difference between the episodes, really. Aside from musical cues and regional jokes. So, Kit slaps Kirby awake, and Kirby's awake, and then Kit raises his bow and arrow to murder Kirby. Just straight up aims it at Kirby. And all Kirby does is happily wave at Kit, because that's who Kirby is. So Kit's resolve breaks as he wonders if the kids are actually telling the truth. And he decides to give the monster a reprieve, the monster being Kirby. We then get a cute scene of Kirby catching fish by hand underwater, while Kit remarks that the monsters he's fought were a lot more fearsome. The scene ends with Kirby happily giving Kit the fish he caught. Kirby is a pretty talented kid when you think about it. He just always just is able to do things pretty effectively when he actually does things and isn't standing around confused. We then see Tiff and Tuff fail miserably to catch fish themselves. Like, they do that whole cool where you stand there with your hands out, and then you just put your hand in really fast to try to catch a fish. They do that, but they fail. And then they fail, and then they fail, then they get mad at each other, then they fail again, and then they're just splashing the water, not really making any progress. And Kit is watching the whole time, and he angrily jumps out and yells at them for being so bad at it. He then easily catches them some fish, and Tiff thanks him, and he tells them to get ready for anti-monster training and leaves. And then Kirby rejoins the party. That night, we see the kids cooking their fish. The kids talk about Kit for a bit, about how he thinks he's still in a war. He then dumps water on their fire and says a fire at night will give them away to the enemy. Tuff says they have no more enemies. 
And Kit just doesn't want to believe that. There's no way they don't have enemies anymore. They're at war. But Tiff comments that they don't have dinner now, and Kit says he's gone weeks without food, and that they don't need a luxury like food. Which is, um, yeah they do. Yeah they do. The next morning we see them do training. He has them do 500 jumping jacks, they do a bunch of push-ups, and everyone but Kirby is struggling to do these exercises, by the way. He then has them learn how to use a bow and arrow. Everyone, unfortunately, is really bad at shooting. And just, then he has them run on the beach. He just has them do a bunch of training. And in everything we see with this, everyone else is struggling but Kirby. Kirby's having fun. Because that's who Kirby is. Kirby enjoys everything he does. No matter how hard the work is, no matter how strenuous the exercise is, Kirby has fun. That's something to appreciate about Kirby. It's just a fun figure to see doing these things. Finally, after their first day of training, everyone's sleeping or eating. And Tiff tells Kit about the peace in Capitown. He can't believe people are allowed to play outside. But Tiff tells him the war is over, but he just won't let it go. The next day, he has Tuff climb up a tree, and he brings in a papaya. Kit wanted him to bring more than one papaya, because yeah, that's really weird to only bring one Tuff, what the heck. But Tuff isn't that smart when you think about it. So when Tuff learns he was supposed to get more, and he says it's his papaya and Kit won't give it back, he goes to attack Kit. And Kit easily trips Tuff because, well, Tuff can't handle Kit. He then sees Meta Knight's pocket knife that fell out of Tuff's pocket. To his amazement, Meta Knight gave it to Tuff after teaching the kids knife safety. He doesn't believe them because Midnight wouldn't go AWOL, but the kids persist that the war is over, so there's no AWOL to be had. He then sits and realizes the war must be over. I, I don't know how that's the one to do it. I guess because Midnight wouldn't just give his knife to anybody? So, and he wouldn't believe he'd go AWOL, so that's enough evidence for Kit that the war must be over. Because Midnight's got the time to teach kids knife safety, I suppose. So the kids say they'll build a raft and they can all go to Cappytown and he can go see Midnight himself. And Kit's hopes raise. But then they hear a boat. To their surprise, it's King Dedede and Escargoon. They're looking for Kirby to take him out on this island. So no surprise there. As always, King Dedede's trying to kill Kirby. And yeah, there's an easy way to do it. There's no one there to interfere as far as they know. Kit shows up with a sword and he says he sees the truth. The kids are spies who came to get his guard down. And King Dedede and Escargoon realize what's going on, and they start going, Hey kids, thanks for the help! And this causes Kit to lose trust in the kids. He then challenges King Dedede to a duel because he figures he's the leader, and King Dedede accepts, and then he summons his monster, Tornadon! A tornado monster, which makes perfect sense with what happened. Now, Tornadon is a weird-looking anime-only monster. It's kind of like a snake. Like, it's, it's a big old snake with just a big top half, and its head is basically the top half. It has two arms with spikes on its head, and the monster is like a teal on the body with a banded underbelly, so definitely like a snake monster, I guess. He has boat propellers on each arm for some reason, but he uses them to summon tornadoes. So, like, look at a boat engine. You know that propeller on there? That's what his arms have. He has just propellers on his arms to make the tornadoes. It looks silly, but it is what it is. Kit tries to fight the monster, but is easily defeated by its tornadoes. The kids come to Kit's aid, but he wants none from these traitors. For some reason, Tuff thinks he can handle the situation, and he runs up to fight and gets easily owned by the tornado over and over. Tuff just keeps getting slapped in the face of the tornado, but he keeps trying to fight, so good for Tuff on his tenacity. And for some reason, Kirby just watches this. Because sometimes Kirby just doesn't realize he should be helping. <laughs> he is a little baby, after all. The group retreats, but eventually a tree breaks and lands on Kit. The kids try to save Kit, but the tree is too heavy. The tornado is coming closer and closer, and soon it will take them all. Kit tells them that no matter how bad things look, or how long the odds are, try to remember what you're fighting for. 
and think of all the brave Star Warriors who went before you. Kirby becomes resolute and turns around and goes for the suck. Sucking in tons of trees! Like, lots of trees, holy crap. And eventually the tornado itself gets sucked in by Kirby. We then get Kirby's transformation scene. He jumps in the air and spins a bunch until a tornado forms on his head, and then his headband forms on that. And I honestly expected Midnight to show up right here and explain Kirby's powers to Kit. I really thought Midnight was going to show up. Because that's just what he does. Kirby then flies out with his new tornado power and he fights the monster. He spins around a bunch and creates a tornado around himself and hits Tornadon. It slaps the monster back to the ground. Kit wonders what's going on and Tiff says that according to Meta Knight, Kirby's the newest Star Warrior. And Kit says Kirby might be the one destined to bring peace to the universe. So Kit now has hope again that someday the monsters will be stopped as he watches Kirby battle this monster. Tornadon gets up and creates a tornado around itself, and we see a tornado battle! Just, just think about, like, um, literally just tornadoes hitting each other. That, that's what's going on here. They go back and forth, they're ramming into each other, they're pushing against each other, they go, like, Kirby's making progress, Tornadon's making progress, but eventually Tornadon is just too much, and Kirby gets slapped out of his tornado, and he slams into the sand. And it hurts! Dev looks like it hurts, because Kirby has the X's over his eyes. But then Kirby gets back up and tries again. And this time he hits even harder with a bigger tornado, and ultimately wins the standoff. Kirby then spits out multiple tornadoes, and shreds the monster into dust. It's like, wow, he just, he vaporizes the monster with a tornado. Like, it's always interesting how Kirby uses their own thing against them, and he just shredded this thing to dust. Just wow. King Dedede and Escargoon try to get away, and Kirby then knocks them off their boat with a tornado. The pair end up swimming away from a group of sharks that attack them. So now the kids have a boat! Everyone leaves on King Dedede's boat, while Kit stays behind because this island is his home. He salutes Kirby and tells him to sleep midnight for him. Kirby salutes back. As the boat leaves, the kids tell Kit they'll remember what they learned, and that they'll tell midnight about him. And then Kirby happily waves, and it's the end. So, Kit Cosmos is a reference to the World War II Japanese soldier, who was found on an island years later. The guy didn't surrender until a superior officer came to the island to relieve him of duty in 1974, almost three decades after the war ended. This dude had shootouts with the local police of the island and just random people there because he thought the war was still going on. That's kind of a trip, that no one would believe him until they had a superior officer come over and get him. That's what happened there. What if that officer was dead? I don't know what would happen at that point. That would be not a good time. So that is episode 22 of Kirby Right Back At You Anime. It is in my, like, bottom ten. It's not the worst episode, but it's not as fun as a lot of the other episodes. There's been some really good episodes. It's a really good anime. Like, the ratio here has been, like, ten to one on the badness. Like, it's been mostly really, really good. I'm happy with this anime. It's just really good. I'd recommend even now to show this anime. It's just a good anime. Now, as always, you can find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Trying to get us on other platforms. Please, if you listen to iTunes, give us a review. They actually care about that. Also, share us with other Kirby fans so more people get to enjoy our content. And that was our newest episode of the Kirby Dreamcast. Next time will be episode 23, which is... Oh, this one. It has to do with Dynachick. It's a funnish episode. It's a middle-of-the-pack episode for sure. It's not one of the better episodes, but it's not bad for sure. Um, there's some enjoyment there. And I'll be working on Kirby's uh, Dream Course, and that's going to take a little bit before that one comes out. Should be great to talk about that one. And in the end, I had fun talking, and I hope you had fun watching and or listening, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. <laughs>